Welcome to Life Beyond Our Wildest Dreams Recovery Podcast 2.0. I'm your host, Denise. This podcast is not affiliated with any specific programs, and the opinions are those of the guests only. Well, welcome to Season 2. Today, my guest is Tom. And I'm really glad to have a guest finally from Canada because out of our almost 50 episodes, uh, most of the guests are US and UK and the last few guests have been from Canada. So Tom is a friend that I have met several years ago now. I don't know if it'd be more than five or six years. I'm thinking it is. And Tom is a person that I really wanted to interview because he just really is serious about his recovery. He's dedicated to his recovery. But at the same time, he doesn't beat himself up about his recovery. You know, he just lives a life that, you know, I admire in recovery. So I'm really glad, Tom, that you were able to join me. And again, we had problems as well as the previous guests with fires and maybe winds or something. And so I'm thank you for your time and your patience and your scheduling. So I'm glad you're here today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. And I'm really glad that We finally have a chance to talk to you about your recovery journey. And uh, so pretty much on this podcast, we discuss what we've earned through our recovery. You know, a lot of the podcasts talk about a lot of the backstories, and it's not that they're not important. But, you know, when people are going through such hard times to get sober, I really want people to know, you know, Beverly, my previous sponsor, who's since passed away, And my current sponsor now, I mean, they're all about living life and the best life you can and, you know, doing things beyond your wildest dreams. Like, you know, if you're sober, we've got so many options to do anything. And so, you know, we just want to give people an idea. First of all, um, you know, what caused you to think and tell us a little bit about the time you decided to come into recovery and what made you decide that recovery would be something for you right well as as you know um i had a very long period of sobriety and then i was out for for quite some time and basically in the time that i was out at first things were going quite well but i got involved in a relationship and along with that relationship that causes its own problems I had other problems at work and I had um, problems with my friends. And so I finally found myself um, drinking on a daily basis and it got to the point of where I was drinking almost 24 seven. I had a bottle with me in the bedroom and I'd wake up and I I would just drink until I passed out again because I didn't want to live any longer. I just felt that my, my life had come to an end. I was extremely ashamed of the fact that I'd gone out and, um, You know, I, I I laid on my bed for approximately, I think, five days of drinking like that until I realized that I don't know what happened, but I think the higher power came into my life and said, you know, Tom, either you've got to get sober or you're going to die. And I'm at that age now where, you know, that is definitely an option. And so I picked up that 2,000 pound phone and I texted my ex who um, was with me through the worst of it. And he came over and he sat with me for the first 24 hours that I needed to in order to get enough um, enough willpower in, in order to not go to the liquor store and pick up some more alcohol. And I knew that being in AA before, that AA had saved my life and that AA was the route to go. But I really did not want to go back only, only because I felt that, that I was going to run into people who I'd known from before and it would cause me shame. And so, you know, I, I put it off for, I would say, probably about 
two or three weeks and I finally got the courage to go up to um, the Nooner Group of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is, was at our community center. And, you know, when I first walked in the room, I knew that I was back home when I saw the steps on the wall and I saw the traditions on the wall and the people all looked very happy. And I'm telling you, I was not a happy person. I wanted to check out. I wanted to die. And I was walking back into the program wholeheartedly. And in fact, two of the people who were in the program from before, um, when I said I was coming back, I was welcomed back by them. And, and actually, one of them became my first sponsor when I came back to the program. But my, my current sobriety date now is February the 18th. 2019. So I've got a little over three and a half years of sobriety. I've been with the Nooner Group of Alcoholics Anonymous for the whole time. I realized early in the program that where I had made my fatal mistake before was that I, in leaving the program, I also left the friends behind from the program. They were part of the reasons that, that gave me my sobriety. And so, you know, I I really made an, a, a concerted effort besides working the steps and, and finding myself a sponsor of also making friends in the program and having those friends being outside the program as well, because I know that, you know, it's easy for somebody who's in, in alcoholism to um, pull the wool over other people's eyes. Like a lot of people don't realize, you know, what kind of predicament we're in, but the people who are in the program are the ones that give me my support. And I also knew that I had to, um, I had to take on some 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 uh, some service responsibility in order to keep myself part of that. And so in order to do that, I became the treasurer of my group, in which I am right now. Um, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit that when I, I when I came back into the program, I had um, come back from Argentina and at that time COVID had just begun. And so all the in-person meetings were ending and um and we we're heading towards the Zoom. And being in the IT business, uh, Zoom for me really was my my forte. And it was what gave me the purpose of staying in the program. Um, I basically found chairs for every single day that we had our meeting. And, um, you know, I was able to take in hundreds of meetings that I was not able to do in person. And that really, really, really increased my, my sobriety. And so that's kind of like my background in a nutshell. Um, um, and just so we can let the listeners know too, just so they have an idea, is that Tom was sober 25 years when he relapsed and came back. And, you know, I appreciate you giving us a bit of the backstory. And the thing is, Tom, that, you know, I had exactly the opposite reaction to what you were thinking, feeling, and experiencing with the shame and the regret and embarrassment is that when I met you um and I just don't know how long ago it was now but when I did meet you and when I learned of the relapse and that you came back I had exactly the opposite response I had great admiration and respect for the fact that you know 25 years later that you could put aside all of that you know, eventually to walk in that room, you did pick up that phone, you did get the help, you did come back. And, um, you know, many of us that are sober for multiple decades, one of the reasons we are, and one of the reasons, you know, through some of the years that I have been is that I know that I wouldn't make it back. I would, I would not, probably my pride now would not be as much of a problem as it would have been in the earlier years. 
but I would have probably allowed my pride to prevent me from coming back. And so, you know, I think really your story, when you share it with people, it really gives people the idea that it does happen. We are alcoholics. Not everybody gets sober and stays sober the duration. That sometimes relapse is part of the story and that it's only part of the story. You have not lost any of that experience in that 25 years. All of that you still carry with you. And so for anyone who, you know, has gone out for any period of time and relapses, you know, there should be no judgment and stigma and shame put around relapse. Um, ideally, yes, we do want to abstain and we do want to abstain duration if possible but if something does happen you know to just not allow our pride from preventing us to come back and so I really you know really have deep respect for the fact that you know you are the type of person that you are and that you exhibit that vulnerability and humility to come back and you know that's a great lesson for someone like me because I just don't think I could do it. So I really admire that in you. And um, I think the listeners will really get a lot out of that backstory you have given them. So now you're back three and a half years. Let's just move up to the current time. Like you said, you had a good point about COVID, you know, where a lot of more meetings are available. My situation as well, not being able to ever go to face-to-face -face meetings uh, due to uh, Charlie's immunity and uh, having to keep her safe and myself safe and not carry anything to her face-to-face -face is no longer an option and so that's a big loss and so like you said you made a great point with COVID that um, and with Zoom that it has enabled people um, to go to a lot more meetings and to go worldwide as you and I talked about earlier so what do you think today coming back um you know, things are obviously different for you. What do you feel you've earned this time around uh, in this last three and a half years? What are a couple things you've really earned from coming back? Um, thank you for asking that question. I think for me, what I, what I really learned is that um, I've, I've learned how to take a, a step back and to take a breath. I've always been the type of person that has always reacted to things. And, you know, this is one of the things that, that came to me that um, when I came back, and, when I came back into the program, the friends that I met had such great sobriety. And actually, I think that um, one of the meetings that you attend, actually, through the Zoom meeting, we were talking about one of our, our long-term members who had 55 years that, that passed, that, you know, and looking at the old sobriety, it really showed me that, you know, why, why people still stay in the program, especially after they've been there for quite a long time. And for me now, what I've learned is that I look forward to going to meetings because when I go to the meetings and the newcomer comes in and tells me of the hurt and the pain that they're still in, it reminds me of where I do not ever want to go back because I want to move forward in my life. You know, the step nine, we've just come into into the ninth month of the year, so we're in our step nine. And the promises that are part of that step nine are definitely, you know, have come have come, come true in my life. I mean, I, I, the, the friends that I alienated during the time of my drinking and, and um, that I've made during the time of my recovery, uh, some of them have been one and the same, have totally taken a completely different attitude toward me than before. Like before I thought that I was being picked on, the people uh, didn't like me, and now 
you know, I, I feel like I, I'm a valuable asset to our, our, our organization and also to my own sobriety. And the fact that people who are not alcoholics that are in my life have also realized what AA has done for me in particular in the fact that, you know, that I'm, I'm now have been treated so, so well by these people who at that time didn't want to have anything to do with me. And also my group has, um, has realized, you know, that my capabilities as far as being able to look after the finances of our group, we are daily meeting. And so, you know, there's, uh, there's quite a lot to do. And that purpose has been not only good for me, but it's also good for the group. And that's what I think is the most important thing that anybody in the group has to remember is that we're one, one member of a group, but together we are all together in, in one common thing, and that is to stay sober and help each other to, to keep sober. And I think also the important thing you're talking about is that, you know, for me, um, the whole sum, the total sum of recovery is connection. You know, um, addiction, usually when people are in addiction, we are in isolation. And when we come out of isolation and we're with other people, I know one thing for sure, that if I stick with the people and the connection, then I won't drink. If I go off on my own into isolation, chances are I will drink. So as long as I've been sticking with people and with the right people and like-minded people, then I have success and I don't drink. So it's, it's shown me that alone, no, I can't do it, but together we can. And so community, I think, and connection is really, really important, like you said. And just as a final question to give people an idea, um, you know, those are great things that you've earned and it sounds like you've earned self-respect. It sounds like you've earned the respect you feel you've re you're in new respect to the group. Trust and thing to do service. Service work is so important service work for me you know the podcast is service work when my sponsor passed away and I decided okay you know maybe I'll do something like this I just thought it was a value she had 53 years and when she passed away and she died a year after giving me my 37 pardon me 38 year cake so it was quite a sudden shock, but what it really brought to my mind, and we've lost many, many older members since then this last year. And, uh, you know, Bill F, we've lost Scotty, we've lost a lot of people. And so what it brought to my mind is that, you know, these stories need to be told that, you know, there's many forms of recovery. What works for me doesn't necessarily work for someone else. And there's many paths and many ways to the same end which is abstinence and uh so i just think these stories are important to tell because people dedicate their life to service and uh so when i do the podcast there's no monetary gain for me you can have monetary gain in podcasts i choose not to i make no money and i completely do it out of service for what i believe is recovery and like you're talking about doing service for you know as as um for finances and for your group as treasurer and everything. The thing is, don't you agree? Like when we do service, we get way more out of it than what people, like people bring so much more to us. Don't you feel that having that responsibility and having that trust in your group, you get so more out of so much more out of that service? Oh, definitely. There, there's no question about it. I mean, 
every, every single month, every single day, I talk to, um, uh, or at least text with a couple of friends from the program just to get my day going. But, you know, it's when I look forward to, to going to the meetings and um, being in service work, now that I'm retired from my, from my job, it gives me the purpose that I, that I really need and have through, throughout my retirement that, you know, no matter what through I, I want to do um, outside of AA, AA will always have to be a part of my life because of the, of the fact that, you know, when I when I give to the community, I get back way more than I give. And, you know, that's, I don't look at service as being work at all. I just look at it as being made a part of something that is so important to me that is giving back my life. And for that, you know, I'm eternally grateful and I want to pass that on to whoever I can. There'll be other people who've come into the program that um, I've also taken other service positions. And it's great to watch people grow. And that is one of the things that, you know, I think keep people going within within our our program is that when you take on service, you become a part of. And I think that that is the most important thing that I was missing before was feeling a part of whatever I was at. I felt like I was the lone man out, that I was the one that, that everybody else wanted to sort of get away with. And now I feel such a part of that people come to me and, you know, and, and we talk. And that, to me, gives me such sense of purpose. Yeah, and I think purpose is what we all need, a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. And I think that connection in recovery, whatever your recovery path is, making those connections being of help to somebody else however you know in different programs their services set up just you know giving back what was freely given to us and uh so i think that you know that is really probably what has changed things for you now and you made you appreciate that a lot more so we'll go to the last question here which is if you could give me some people have one some people have two what would you consider a couple of things that you are able to do today that you consider beyond your wildest dreams that you know that you absolutely wouldn't be able to do if you weren't sober today? Well, I think for me is that, you know, um, before I, I lived in fear of, of going anywhere because um, of, of going somewhere from the past of, of, you know, getting drunk and getting lost. And I think for me um, now, I have no fear at all of, of tackling on anything because once again, when things become obstacles to me, I know who to reach out to and I know who to talk to, who, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for an answer. What I'm looking for is for guidance on the problem so that I can come with my own answer. And so I think that that is the biggest thing for me is that you know, I'm once again. I'm hoping to go away. I've I've been to Argentina 14 times. I'm hoping to head down there again for the 15th time. And this time will be completely different because of the fact that, you know, I I have made connections with with people in the program down there as well. And um, for me, it's it's just a part of my life. I, I don't know how to, else to explain it, but it's just I cannot imagine my life without having AA and my AA friends in it. Well, you know what, I think that you've summed it up pretty well. And I think, Tom, that, you know, when I hear your experience, I hear your strength, I hear your hope. I think that, you know, your message today is not to be shameful, embarrassed, or prevent, allow pride to prevent you from coming back and starting again. And that, 
you know, make connections and do service are the most important things to stay and to belong and to be part of. And I think that you, you know, your story brings really, really a lot of hope to people. And I just am so glad that you are back. I'm so glad that your life is beyond your wildest dreams because beyond our wildest dreams doesn't have to be huge, worldly, exciting things. It just has to be things in our mind that we knew would never, never be possible for whatever barriers were preventing us from achieving these things. And to be able to, you know, not have the fear and be able to travel and to do what it is that you want to do. I think that that is definitely a beyond your wildest dreams uh, moment. So I really want to thank you for taking the time today, Tom, and um, the rescheduling we had to do because I wasn't well. And, you know, I just wish you the best. And I thank you so much for coming and sharing some time with us today. And I hope that your trip is amazing. And stay well and be well, and I hope to see you sometime soon. Thank you, and thank you so much for asking me to speak. It, um, it's really, it's really been a good experience for me. And once again, it's like I can't say you're one of the people who are in my life. You know that wouldn't have been there if I didn't come back. And you know, um, you and I have created a bond uh, just in the short period of time that we've known each other. And that's, you know, another one of the promises of the program. So thank you so much for, for asking me to share. You're welcome, Tom, and you're a gift to me as well. So you take good care and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.